0: Welcome to It Pays to Fear God. Once again, it's me, your friend, and Weta1Nomarin, and I've got a heartwarming topic to discuss today, and that topic is captioned Restoring Meaning Back to Life. Science has developed over the past 100 years, as everyone in the world knows. There have been many breakthroughs and discoveries, so much data has been collected, there's so much happening in the scientific world. However, at the same time, people's lives are gradually losing meaning. 200-300 years ago, for example, if you look at the workplace, everyone cared about each other, everyone helped each other around, you would know people's families, you would celebrate when they succeed, and stuff like that. But now, if you work in many companies in this world, if you work there, you're not really a human being anymore, you're just a tool to gain more money. You're just maybe a number, you're just something that they keep in their records, and they know if you're coming to work, and stuff like that. They don't really care about you as a person, it's just what you are giving to the company. and. And Obviously, that's just the workplace. Every single thing, every single industry in this world, has its version of that. People's lives just don't really have any meaning, don't really have any purpose. They're just living, and they're seeking money incessantly, and they just can't really see what their lives mean. They just don't have anything, even though many of them are educated, and wealthy, and they've got a lot of stuff going on. and. I think spirituality is a solution to this problem. But in order to understand how, why it is, we have to look more into what the world has become. But before I go get into that, I have a question to ask you, not necessarily related to this subject, but it is a question that we should keep in mind, especially when we are in the outside world, and we are working with other people. And that question is, Why can pride be a dangerous feeling as said in the Bible? You can answer that question in the comments section below, and we may make a video in the future where we address such a topic. But let's get more into how people's lives have lost meaning in our time. Essentially, because of everything that's going on, as, like I said, science is Booming and all of that, and the world standards are constantly going up and up. You now need more time and effort to compete with the world. You need to be constantly thinking about how to invest in the stock market, how to maybe get a mortgage, how to go abroad, whatever people expect you to be doing. And this has drained many people's lives away because. After they achieve all of that, after they go abroad or after they make as much money as they wanted, they just suddenly don't feel satisfied anymore. They realize that those things don't really end up satisfying you. Some people, they work their butts off. They spend years and years and years not caring about anything else. It's just about money. And then the moment they get all that money, they're just like, Meaningless. It doesn't really help them. And King Solomon reflected on this in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, where he told us, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, nor he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. I want you to mark that word vanity because that is really the reason why people's lives are starting to become meaningless. It's because they're seeking after vanity. Vanity is meaningless things. If you look at money, and data, and all that, they don't have any kind of spiritual connection, and they don't really help our lives. They don't really make us live more fruitful, productive, and better lives. And that's why when we base all our lives on that, when they have no spiritual connection, then we suddenly see that our lives get more boring, they get more meaningless, they just don't have much of a purpose. And obviously King Solomon said another thing important to this in Ecclesiastes chapter four verse eight, where he talked about how people who work their butts off and labor so much, you just come and realize what's the purpose of it. And there he told us, There is one alone, and there is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother. Yet is there no end of all his labor? Neither is his eye satisfied with riches, neither is he For whom do I labor, and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity, yea, it is a sore travail. Jesus Christ understood this, which is why in Luke chapter 12, verse 15, he told us, Take heed, and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Because people's lives are becoming less spiritual, spirituality is moving away from the world. If you read places like Matthew chapter twenty-four verses fifteen and sixteen, and Amos chapter eight verse eleven, which we've made other videos to explain, people's lives are generally becoming more meaningless. And that was why Deuteronomy chapter twenty-eight and verses fifty-eight and sixty-seven make us to know that when we forsake God and don't really care about His laws. We'll always be wishing that it's another time. Our lives just don't really have that purpose, and we're not really satisfied anymore. And we shouldn't forget Isaiah chapter 29, verse 8, where God Himself told us that when we live lives that don't involve Him anymore, those things will start to occur. And there He told us, It shall even be as when a hungry man dreameth, and behold, he eateth, but he awaketh, and his soul is empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreameth, and behold, he drinketh, but he awaketh. And behold, he has fate, and his soul hath appetite. So shall the multitude of all the nations be that fight against Mount Zion. Any nation, any people who decide to go against God's laws and forsake him, they're going to say that their lives end up like that. See also Job chapter 31 in verses 24 and 28. However, to really understand this, let's look at two examples of people who sought after vanity, and it was only after they sought after it that they realized that it was vanity and it didn't really help their lives. Let's look at King Ahab in 1 Kings chapter 21. He, of course, was a king, so you would expect that he would live in a palace, and he would have lots of garden and all the room that he'd want, but it was Naboth's vineyard, a small vineyard in comparison to his, that he now wanted, probably because it might look good with all the others that he might have had. And he wanted to take it, however, he didn't really know how he would do it, because and the lawful ways of doing it just didn't seem possible. Then Jezebel brought an unlawful way of doing it, and that's how he got it. They brought false witnesses against Naboth, and Naboth was stoned and everything, and then King Ahab inherited the vineyard. However, after he got it, then a prophet came to him and told him that, you know, you've done something really horrible, and your household is going to suffer heavy punishment as a result. And all of a sudden, the vineyard was useless, because he was like, what's a vineyard when my entire household is going to be destroyed? So then he, he humbled himself before God, he put ash on his head and so on, which was a common Jewish thing, and then God listened to him and, didn't bring the judgment upon him, but his household still suffered that with other people to do it. And if you also look at the story of Judas, you can see that Judas didn't really like Jesus Christ. He, he was sort of someone who was a familiar friend, but didn't really like Jesus. If you read Psalms chapter 41, verse 9, in fact, he was a fulfillment of that text. And he decided to betray Jesus Christ for 30 pieces of silver. He was already a lover of money, which is why he was stealing from the money bag in John chapter 12, verse 6, and so on, but he took that opportunity to gain some money by betraying Jesus Christ for the Pharisees. However, after Jesus Christ was eventually crucified and hanged, he then realized, wait, what's all this money for? He wanted to give it back, but it was too late. That's when he realized that it was vanity. His life had no meaning anymore, and that was why he committed suicide in Matthew chapter 27, from verses 1 to 5. Anyone else who commits suicide in this world usually does it as a result of frustration and not really having a purpose in life, and that brings me to my next point. We can make sure that doesn't happen to us. We can make sure that Our lives do have purpose, they do have meaning, with something called spirituality. And let me just break down what that means and how it exactly satisfies our souls and gives it meaning and purpose. Spirituality, broadly, can be defined as how we worship God, how we see God how we stand for God and live according to His principles. We think according to how the spirits think, how God and Jesus Christ reason. When we do that, we are being spiritual. And the Bible means us to know that God created us so that we could be that. He created us so that we could fear Him. If we read Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, and worship Him, we read Isaiah chapter 43, verse 21. And our purpose was also described in Genesis chapter 1, from verses 26 to 28. And that entire idea of spirituality, which can be broken down into the goodness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, and so on, and the salvation of God too, that satisfies us with a satisfaction that the world cannot give. And let me explain why. Essentially, there is something in every human being, our heart, and that is not really a physical thing, because you can't satisfy it with physical stuff. It is a a sort of spiritual thing in a light, that many people, try to satisfy with worldly things, but then they come and realize that they don't gain anything because physical things cannot make you happy. You cannot use money to bring happiness because money does not create happiness. Same goes with continuously doing research and data for scientific purposes. They do not actually make us happy because those are just physical things whereas what we're trying to satisfy is not physical. But when we... Are spiritual, when we hope in God and His plan for mankind, then we become happy. Our lives gain meaning, because that is not only something that's going to endure, but it gives us something to hope in. David the Psalmist talked about hoping, and how God's plan allowed him to have hope in something. If you read Psalms chapter 119 and other places in the Psalms, you can realize that, once we hope in God's salvation, we become happy. It's like we are part of something. We have a purpose, something to wait and live our lives for the future. That is something that, if you just seek for money, you're not going to get. But when you become spiritual, you start to get that. And there are many, many, many places in the Bible that talk about that satisfaction, that happiness, that goodness that comes from the salvation of God, the mercies of God and so on. For example, if you read Psalm chapter 81 verse 10, God said that we should open our mouths wide and he will fill it. If you look at John chapter 4 verses 13 and 14 and chapter 7 from verses 37 to 39, Jesus Christ said that people who drink his water and follow his principles, they will be satisfied. They will never hunger again. It's not physical hunger and physical thirst. It's the fact that our lives now have hope. We never feel like life is meaningless, purposeless anymore. We feel like we're here for a reason, and we need to do certain things in order to achieve a very profitable goal. If we read Psalm chapter 36 from verses 7 to 9, David talked about how God's loving kindness and mercy satisfies him and every other person who also puts their trust in that. And there he told us, How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life. In thy light shall we see light. And he also said in Psalms chapter sixty five, verse four, Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. And we shouldn't forget he also said that God's loving kindness is better than life, even in Psalms chapter sixty-three, verse three. It's for these reasons that Colossians chapter 3, verse 2 tells us that we should pay more attention to the heavenly things and the physical things. When we pay attention to those spiritual things, that is what will make us happy in the end. All of this is done, by the way, through the Holy Spirit. If we read Romans chapter 15, verse 13. I hope that I've been able to paint a picture for you that helps you know that spirituality is a solution to that. Lack of meaning in your life potentially. It gives us hope. It gives us purpose. Lamentations chapter 3, verse 26 says that those who wait in the Lord, wait in his salvation, they are good people. They will benefit because when we are spiritual, then we will be satisfied and our lives will have meaning and purpose. I just want to conclude with what David the Simon said in Psalms 37 and verses 18 and 19, because I believe it summarizes everything that I've been saying, specifically about how those who are upright and are spiritual will be satisfied, even if those around them aren't. And there he told us The Lord knoweth the days of the upright, and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time, and in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. And that is where I want to stop on discussing that subject, restoring meaning back to life. I hope that you have enjoyed this video and, once again, maybe start to see how spirituality is indeed a solution to maybe a lack of purpose or meaning that may unfortunately be prevailing in our lives at this moment. I just want to remind you of Psalms chapter 119 in verses 36 and 37 because I feel that that might act as a prayer for some of you who are unfortunately going through some of those undesirable situations. And that place reads, Incline my heart unto thy testimonies and not to covetousness. Keep away mine eyes from beholding vanity and quicken down me I advise you to subscribe to this channel and hit the notification bell to be notified when we make future heartwarming and entertaining discussions just like this. And check out the cards that you have in front of you right now, because those are other channels that we have that you can also look at to get more details on more specific subjects that we also discuss. And don't forget to look at the description for some of those extra nice goodies that you can find there. Have a great day, and God bless you. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at HTTPS colon double slash anchor dot FM slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's HTTPS colon double slash anchor dot FM slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.